0: Hi, and welcome back to Becca Babble's podcast. I'm your host, Becca. I'm a certified personal trainer, holistic health coach, and future chiropractor on my way to figuring out this thing we called life. Now, let's get babbling. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Becca Babble's podcast. And man, has it been a long time since I've recorded. I feel like I haven't recorded in what seems like years when really... It's only been two months, I think, probably by the time this comes out, it'll probably be three because my plan is to start the new year off fresh and just start it out with podcasts. But we'll see how I feel in the moment. Maybe I'll release it the week before the new year um, if you get lucky. (laughs) But I wanted to do a podcast on how try two went for me. I know a lot of you guys know that I am currently in chiropractic school and I'm going to Parker University and my school is set up to where we do trimesters. So I would go through 10 trimesters and right now I had just finished try two. So I'm a newbie. I just beginning the process. Um, it's a three and a half year course and so, I have just finished the half-year mark is <laughs> pretty much where I'm at, which I'm grateful that I've gotten this far. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, if you guys have been super consistent with the podcast, I greatly appreciate you. Um, Even if you went back to go listen to podcasts while I was kind of out this try... Was a bit of a doozy. Um, and if you guys are part of my try and you guys are listening to this podcast, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, and you also know how crazy this try was. I know a lot of people talk about Try Two as being this like horrific, terrifying try that you have to go through, which like it is a lot. But I hope this podcast, me explaining what Try Two is and my experience through it and what it was like helps you realize that yes, it is a lot of information, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. And it just means that your life is going to look different. And the more that you are able to be flexible and kind to yourself throughout the process, the easier this try will be. And I think this try for me was hard in the sense of not only the information was hard, but I had to change my mindset on so many different things. Um, Grades was probably the biggest thing. And just realizing that I can't do it all because I'm not a robot. And that is totally fine. And you're not expected to know it all. And it's okay to be bad at things. So let's just jump right into the first day back. Um, Like I said, everyone had talked about what a nightmare try two is. And I was really, really nervous the night before going back to try two. Like I vividly remember sitting on the couch. I had everything planned. I had my Google calendar set with like all the syllabi in the different parts where my classes would be. I had the percentages weighed out. I had the teacher's name. I had everything. I was prepared. I had my bag packed. Um, But I was sitting on this chair and I was talking with my mom and we were probably watching some show on Netflix Um, and the show ends and I look up at the clock and I'm like, I need to go to bed. I don't want to go to bed because that means tomorrow is school. And for me, if you guys have listened to my eating disorder podcast, you guys have probably heard me talk about like transitions for me, especially when I was younger, is really tough. Going from like elementary school to high school or wait, elementary school to middle school, middle school to high school, have always been really tough for me. And I just, it's those like first day jitters for everything. It will probably happen with me with try three too, but it's been less and less as I've gotten older. But I was really, really nervous because I was just like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do this. This means that like stuff is going to happen and I don't know if I'm capable of this. And like, you know, all those spiraling thoughts in your head, um, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, you know, all those fun things um, was spiraling through my head. But what I just kept telling myself is I get to see my friends again. I get to see my friends again. I get to learn new things. I was really, really excited to learn about physiology this try because I take phys um, one this try, which I'll get into a little bit once I go through all the classes. So I was really excited for that. I was also taking gross anatomy, which is where you get a full cadaver and you get to like see the physical human body. And for me, that was really exciting. So just reminding myself all these different classes and all the information that I get to learn and how exciting that is and making sure to keep learning fun kept me going through the night and being okay waking up the next morning. Um, also, just realizing that like I'm going to be able to meet new people. If you are in the Parker program, you probably already know in Try One you can either be fully in person or you can be fully online. And so the new online people were actually going to come and try too and I was going to be able to meet them. So I could finally put the face to the face that I see in Group me. Um, it's like this group chat thing that we have for our tries. Um, and I just I remember seeing a lot of people and seeing their names. And then I finally got to put a face to the name and I was like, oh my gosh, I've seen you on GroupMe like all the time, but I never knew who you were. Um, So I got to meet some new people, which was always really fun. Um, But I will say my schedule, and I'll get into this later when I talk about school. um, Schedule, definitely a lot. It's not even that there's more classes. Actually, there probably is more classes because I'm taking more credits. This trimester was 27 and a half credits um which for me at this point I'm like is normal but as I tell other people who are in college right now they're kind of like holy cow that's a lot um which yes it is um but again like I said it's manageable and the teachers make it and well hmm. <laughs> certain teachers like All your teachers want you to pass. I'll just say that. Um, All your teachers want you to pass and they will try and find ways to get you to pass. If you are really dedicated to the work, if you're really trying and they see that and you talk to them, they will do as much as they can to help you pass. Um, So don't get worried about that. But we did have our Tuesdays. I would consider them our long days um, because I was in lecture from 8 a.m., to 5 p.m. And that first long lecture day, man, was a long day. Um, it just was a never-ending cycle of just class after class after class. Um, and I remember our first day of lectures, or no, not lecture, sorry, our first like test day, um, where we, our first test was in biomechanics. And we had just had i think that one test but then that following week um is either the following week or the week after we had three tests all on the same day because all of our lectures are all on the same day but in addition to that we had all of our lectures and i remember taking that gross exam being like i think i'm understanding these words but it's also seems like they're in a different language so we'll just see how this goes. <laughs> and um, I did end up finding out that like all the teachers felt really bad because they didn't realize that we had three tests on that day on top of all of our lectures. Um, but you know, it's just, it's one of those things where like you are in a graduate program and you have to be in the mindset of like, this isn't undergrad anymore. So of course it is going to be hard and acknowledging that like, yes, this is hard, but it's not impossible. And that's something just to keep in mind. If you are a try one going into try two or if you're thinking about going to grad school or honestly, any sort of new school endeavor that you're doing, most things like, especially if other things, if other people have done it before, realizing that like, or telling yourself that if other people have done it, that means that it's possible. So that means I can do it. Um, If you have this feeling of like, I can do this or I want to do this the biggest thing is understanding why you're doing it, why you want to do it. Is it for someone else? Then that probably means you're going to lose that motivation or discipline to do it. But if you're doing it for yourself or for like a bigger reason than yourself, um, like I know for me, my biggest motivation um, is I really want to do chiropractic because I understand or I feel like there is a lot of anger in this world. And I feel like a lot of anger stems from people being in pain. So if I can get rid of that pain and I can help people feel better, then there will be a lot less anger in this world. And that's my dri- one of my driving factors to get me through school. So if you have something where you're like, I don't know if this is possible, remind yourself that other people have done it. So that means you can do it too. Now, my classes that I took, I took about one, two, three four, five, seven. Yeah, seven classes, um, which, again, doesn't seem like a lot. I don't know. Depending on you listening to this, you might be like, that sounds like a lot. Um, but most of my classes also had labs, so that put an additional like credit to it. Um, but the first class that I'm going to talk about is biomechanics. This class is Kind of like what it sounds if you've ever taken, I've never taken biomechanics outside of this class. Um, I've only ever like learned some like minimal biomechanics through like taking my personal trainer exam. Um, but Dr. Harati taught this class and we would learn about all the diff- different listings um, when you first get in there, your first like lecture I think it's the first lecture, you'll learn about the chiropractic gang sign. Um, And it's literally this joke throughout the whole school. And it's this little like, I wish you could see my hand right now. But it's where your thumb is pointed up. You're almost making like a, a finger gun. And then you're just sticking your middle finger out, not like with your pointer finger, but horizontal. And what it is demonstrating is the different... I don't want to say planes, but like axes. axes. Um, So your thumb would be your y-axis, your pointer finger would be your z-axis, and your middle finger would then be your x-axis. And we learned all these different listings for like in the future if I was to do any sort of documentation, um, I could understand what the other doctor or chiropractor is talking about. So for instance, some chiropractors would want to use motion listings or orthogonal listings, Medicare listings, Gonstead listings, or diversified. I know that's like a bunch of mumbo jumbo if you don't understand what that is, but just think of it as like, if I was speaking English and you were speaking Spanish, then we're going to have to figure out a way to translate the words that we're talking about. And so all these different words are different languages. I hope that makes sense. Um, but the chiropractic gang sign, that's pretty much just falls under the orthogonal listings to help understand what that is. Um, and that could then tell us like, okay, is someone restricted? Or is um like, will their bone not move a certain way? Or is their bones stuck in a certain spot? Sorry if you hear jingle bells in the background. My sister's dog is currently running around in the background and I have these bells on my door handle and her tail keeps hitting it. Um, because of course it's Christmas time and you have to have decoration. So just ignore that if you hear that in the background. Um, but then also in lecture, we got to learn about the different or each part of the spine how it moves and what I was really excited about is like seeing that we did have a lecture on the ankle and foot because you guys know I'm obsessed with that foot anatomy um and (laughs) and I was a little bit disappointed because we got like one lecture and it was barely anything which was a bit disappointing um But I'm hoping in the future, there'll be a little bit more on it. If not, then I will just have to do my own research, which hopefully will be a podcast that comes out soon, at least for myself. (laughs) Um, And we also got introduced into like different spinal diseases. And she introduced us a little bit about gait and like analyzing the way people walk um, and how that is affected by their posture or how that could affect their pain or like, how we could know what areas of their body is hurting at that moment based off of how they're walking. Like if you ever see someone walking and they have like really forward shoulder or like they're barely picking up their feet or maybe like one hip is dipping to one side and the other one isn't, that's all giving the chiropractor signals of like, hey, there's a problem there. Should probably check it out. It's all those little hints that you're trying to get. Um, And then we would have lab with that class, and it was what they call palpating. Um, If you don't know what palpating is, it's just a fancy word for being able to feel bones and muscles um, in people's bodies. That sounds really creepy, but again, it just helps us understand, okay, what is moving, what is not moving, and where is the, quote, problem that needs to be fixed. We first started out with quick scan, which is kind of like what it sounds. It's just this basic understanding of how this person's spine moves or like, again, what is restricted, what is not. So kind of like when you read a summary of a book, you're trying to get an understanding of the book. So you get this like broad idea of like, hmm, will I be interested in this book? The quick scan is basically like that. I'm kind of just casually going through a person's spine, figuring out like, okay, Where are the problem areas? Where do I need to focus on the most? Um, But then we would also do palpations where we'd have our patient on the side um, or on their stomach or laying face up. And this is where I'm going to highly, highly, highly recommend. Again, if you are a Parker student and you are listening to this podcast, go to MPI or motion palpation. Um, This club will literally prepare you for this class um, or at least the first part of it. I know for me going into try to, again, having all those nerves in the world, you're like, how can I best prepare myself? I know I always think of this. I'm always trying to think one step ahead of like my classes, my teachers and all that stuff. And if you're that kind of person, um, go to MPI because that then allowed me to go into my first and second biomechanics lab and be like, oh, I know this stuff. I've been doing this since pre-DC. Okay, cool. And then I just start teaching other people. Um, And then when you're able to teach something to someone, it just like sinks it into your brain even more. So when it came time for the practical, I was like, I got this. I don't need to review quick scan because I've literally can do it in my sleep at this point. But that's kind of what biomechanics is like. Um, Then we have chiro methods, which is taught by Dr. McCabe. And what's really cool is that you'll have teachers where some of them are chiropractors, some of them are MDs, some of them did um, like studied that certain area and were teachers. Um, And some teachers still have their own practices. And Dr. McCabe is one of those where he still has his own chiropractic office. So you kind of get more of an insight of like, what being a chiropractor is like, and he's super open and will answer literally any question that you have, retaining to either the class or just being a chiropractor in general, which is really cool. Um, Sadly, his lectures are online, which kind (laughs) of sucks because you don't get to see him in person besides lab. I will say, um, read the textbook Or at least the pages that he says to read for the test. Because that first test, it's kind of like one of those classes where you're like, this is going to be easy. Like, lecture is easy. It's literally just telling you how to be a good chiropractor. Um, No, Uh, you're going to want to read the textbook. Don't make the same mistake I did. So I'm just trying to help you out here. Um, But the difference between lab for chiro methods compared to biomechanics, because they're both palpating labs, is. Cairo methods is more about static palpations, which just means like I'm touching someone's body and then just literally going, that's their radius, which is a bone in your forearm, or that is their. I'm trying to think of something, but literally everything's blinking on me. Um, that's their gluteus maximus, which is like your butt. Um, so you'll identify muscles and bones to where biomechanics it's more like you are feeling for the restriction um and the movement of the spine um but yeah that's the biggest difference between those two classes then you have great old physiology one (laughs) um this class is taught by dr tate he is a new professor um And I was really excited for Fizz. Not going to lie. I've actually been thinking about becoming a Fizz tutor. And I will say the class mm, made it hard to like Fizz. Let's just say that. I will say Fizz is probably one of those classes where like people are like, why? I hate this class. (laughs) Just because it's not, mm, I don't know how to put the best words to this, but like it is a lot to understand and learn. And there's a lot of variables and you can get lost in the weeds if you don't understand what's going on. I will say this is one of those classes where you really have to put effort into. Um, if I was to say that there was any class that you want to really focus on, it is this class. Um, I at least tried to touch Fizz at least every single day because to me it was that important. It made it easy easier for me because I was so interested in fizz um compared to i know some of my other friends they didn't like fizz as much so it made it harder for them to enjoy it and that's where i just say like try and get a tutor try and like find a youtuber that explains it really well um maybe hopefully i might have some podcasts explaining some of that if you guys are interested in that um i can have Maybe podcasts explaining the different topics. If that's something you guys are interested in, um, send me an email or message me on Instagram if that is something you are interested in because that way I'm reviewing more of the topics and getting ready for boards on top of you guys or understanding the different topics that you'll have to learn in Fizz. But speaking of that, you'll have fizz one and then you'll have fizz two and try three. But in fizz one, you're learning like the first thing you learn is understanding action potentials and how that works throughout the body. And I will say this multiple times. You want to understand action potentials because that is creating the foundation for literally everything leading into fizz. I had someone explain this to me and they were like, make sure you understand action potentials because... That's literally how the body goes, hey, go do this. But then we also need the energy to go do this. And that's kind of like what action potentials do and like creating enough energy to actually produce that action to tell the body like, hey, go do this um, is the simplest description that I can explain this in. Um, But then you get to learn about the skeletal muscular system, which of course I always think is really cool. Um, And you get to learn about the different like muscle fiber types and um, reflexes. Like if you've ever seen at the doctor's office where they hit someone's knee and their leg just kicks out. So you get to learn about those reflexes. Uh, You also get to learn about the cardiovascular system. And I will say this, um, that second test was a doozy. (laughs) Um, The EKGs and understanding that on top of just the way that questions were asked made it a bit difficult, not going to lie. But you've got this. You can understand this. This is what I'm saying. Go to tutoring. Like you, you've got this. Just make sure you review it um, and be able to identify the differences in all the different EKGs and then knowing the heart cycle and stuff like that. So then at the very end, you just get a little bit about the lungs. Um, Not much. It's not, too bad sadly because we were falling a bit behind in lectures. Um, we weren't able to finish the very end of the lungs um, but that was more about just like exercise physiology which we weren't tested on on our final so I don't know if that would have been really cool to learn about but I know in the future I was told that we were going to be tested or not tested we were going to learn about that. But for Fizz Lab, you will use this system called the Biopack system, which is really cool because it made me kind of feel like I was a lab rat. Um, not in like a weird sense as far as like I'm a rat running on a wheel for a long time just in the sense of like we had all these wires and I'd get hooked up to wires and then we got to calculate different things and measure our heart rate had um, measured our EKG which was really cool it was actually kind of funny one of the um, lab professors came over and he was like "Ooh, you've got a nice r wave and I went thank you. (laughs) Um, and an R wave is just a different wave in your, um, EKG and it's within like your QRX complex. And that's just a way of measuring the signals within your heart. And so it was really funny. He was like, are you a runner? And I was like, I used to be, he was like, do you work out? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, does it look like I work out? Um, but that, um, that was funny. But I really did enjoy fizz Lab. That one was really fun. Then you have another class called Clinical Imaging. This is with Dr. Norton. And oh my goodness, I am in love with this lady. She is hilarious. Um... She will crack so many jokes and she will crack jokes where you're like, is this appropriate to hear? Um, She's that kind of professor. She will definitely lighten up your day, if not make you smile. Um, I will say I am very happy that she was my first clinical imaging professor because to be completely honest, I don't like x-rays. I don't like MRIs and I don't like CTs. And that's literally what this entire class is. Um. I just, I'm like, okay, there looks like there's an issue. I'm going to let you go to someone else to figure that out because obviously I can't treat you if you have a fracture um, or like, well, there are what I learned. There are certain spinal diseases or issues or degeneration where you can actually adjust someone. But again, you're just going to have to tailor your treatment to the patient that you have um so again not sure if i'm going to use x-rays in my office or not um, that's still kind of up in the air for me, but it definitely makes the class harder knowing that like, I'm probably not. So if you're kind of one of those people, just try and make sure that like, Hey, this is important and keeping that in mind. For me, when we first started off the class, I was like, Oh, I love this class. Cause literally it's me coloring and outlining the different parts of the spine. And it's like coloring the spine. This is fun. And then after we finished that first, like, two or three lectures of like identifying things on like x-ray and MRI it was like no you have to know the characteristics and the imaging for everything and I was like oh shoot so it's not coloring anymore um so that made it a bit disappointing but again Dr. Norton makes things super fun um like I said the first part is like Understanding the basics of imaging and the different parts of the spine, you do get introduced into scoliosis, which for me was really interesting because I have a few friends who have scoliosis, so I was able to kind of not relate to them, but understand them more, I guess is a better way of putting it, or just kind of be like, okay, there's people in my life who have this, so it's kind of easier to care about. I will say if you have anyone who has spine issues um, or you can relate anything to any of your loved ones, it makes understanding this information Easier because you value it more. And the more that you value something, the more you want to pay attention to something. And the more that you pay attention to something, the easier it is to remember it. But after scoliosis, we learned about spinal degeneration and the different types of arthritis. And then we also learned about spinal fractures, which for me, I was like, yes, finally fractures because these were cool. We didn't just learn about spinal fractures, we also learned about just basic fractures in general. But this might sound weird, but it can't be that weird because I haven't even gotten to gross yet and that's going to get weird. Um, but <laughs> spinal fractures and just fractures in general to me, I find really interesting and cool. So that was a nice way to end off the trimester. Then you have microbiology, which we had Dr. Edwani, Edwani? Edwani. I hope I said her name right. Um, we had her at 8 a.m every morning on Tuesday and she is so sweet (laughs) she's sweet and she's funny but I will say this if you do not know the answer like after we took that virus test and she was like I can't even remember what virus she would tell us but she would say something and then we wouldn't know the answer so she would just say it louder and like push her head into the class even more and just be like and ask the question again we were all just like looking at her with like deer in the headlights we're like I don't know the answer and then she'd get super disappointed and be like we literally just had a test on this like come on you know this and we're just all like I'm sorry to disappoint you it's kind of like that really sweet grandma that you don't want to disappoint but you just you don't know how to answer her so you're just like I'm sorry <laughs> and that's all that you can do at that point. Um, she does have her MBBS from Pakistan. It's kind of like what you would consider an MD in the US, um, which is really cool because she knows a ton of information. She could literally talk about microbiology all day long if she wanted to. Uh, She repeatedly would say that an hour of talking about microbiology was not enough, which she is completely right. I wish we had more time for that class because I have a friend who she took a microbiology class before this class. And she said that she had a really fun time learning about microbiology. She can talk about it. And I learned things from her that I did not know. And it sounds really cool. It helps you like get more in touch with like all the germs in your environment. Heads up, by the way, once you go to lab for this class, um, you might become just a tad bit of a germaphobe. There was this one lab that we did and we could swipe anything within our environment and then put it on a petri dish. And then we got to see the mold or all the bacteria grow. And I did the bottom of my shoe and I don't like walking around my house with my shoes in the first place, but sometimes there's one of those times where it's just like, oh, oops, like I'm still wearing my shoes, but they're barefoot shoes. So it doesn't really matter. So um, it's not that big of a deal. So my foot strength isn't getting like worsened or whatnot and now I'm like, no, I am taking off my shoes because what's on that is disgusting. Um, so just a little heads up there. You might become a bit of a germaphobe. Um, but back to lecture, this is a lot of information. Like her lecture slides will go on forever and ever, especially if you listen to her podcast. Um, once we got to the viruses, I stopped listening to her podcast. besides going back to like immune immunology, I can't even say it, immunology, which was probably one of my favorites um, just because it relates more to physiology than it does really micro, which it's still a part of micro, but you get what I'm saying. Um, You start off first with like just understanding general microbiology um, and then you go into bacteria, eukaryotes, viruses. Um, People will say that this test is really scary It is because literally you have to know all these different viruses and their geniuses, their family, their characteristics, how it's transmitted. And I literally went to a tutor and she went, I'm wishing you the best of luck. And I was like, oh, thanks, I appreciate that. And I even thought like, okay, she gave us this chart and I started rewriting out the chart and drawing pictures with it and I was scheduling it out I didn't finish the chart um it was kind of like one of those things where it was like well we'll see what happens we'll do our best and what's really nice is like I said Dr. Udguani is like super super sweet she wants you to pass she really cares um and she makes you feel like she really cares um as long as you get good grades on the practicals, you will have two practicals for this class. And the first one, she literally gives you a review and she'll give you the answers, quote unquote. Um, she'll give you an idea, but you'll actually have to go through and understand it. And then there's also Quizlets out there. Um, and she uses a lot of her quiz questions for the test. Um to help prepare you so like in my mind I'd be like okay so I know I can at least get a 30 which I'm not recommending only getting a 30 like still put your effort into the class but again it's not you're you're not doomed I know there was a few people had told me they literally failed every single one of her tests but because she like gives you ways to like make up those points through like projects or um through the practicals she weights things in a nice way so that you are able to pass um, which is really nice because like i said that virus test is a bit scary Um, it's literally its own virus to be honest then after your virus test you'll go into immunology which is my favorite like i already said and then you'll go through infections of the skin and nervous system and just a heads up you will have pictures of the human body with viruses and bacteria and infections ingrained in your brain forever so just a heads up for that um then in lab I really liked uh, microbiology lab just because like I felt like a real scientist like you're wearing a lab coat you're wearing the gloves some days because you'll have like bacteria that could like spread um and like cause symptoms which like again, it's not a good thing. So that's why you're wearing the gloves. But it like it makes you actually feel like like, you know, when you watch high school musical, and they're actually in a science lab doing sciencey things. And then you go through at least for me, when I went through high school, or middle school, it was like, yeah, we were in like a science lab, but we it didn't really feel like you were a scientist this class. Like you got petri dishes, you got the uh, microscopes, you've got the live bacteria, you've got um, what like the test tubes. So it felt like you were an actual scientist, um, which was really cool. And what was really funny is one of my professors in the lab was actually from the pre-DC program. And I had taken general biology with her and it was really funny. The first day we were in lab, I was like, I know this voice. This voice sounds so familiar, but I don't know who it is. And she literally goes, if you took general um, biology in the pre-DC program, I'm that teacher. I'm that teacher. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So um, just a little heads up there. If you also took general biology for the pre-DC program. Then your next class will be Biochem 2. Dr. Sarkar does not leave, just a heads up. Um, uh, Dr. Sarkar is super sweet. So um, he really cares about his students. But again, that lecture is, that class is completely online. Um, you will take your tests in person. And I will say, I have a love-hate relationship with Biochem 2. Um, I like it better than Biochem 1. But that first test, man, that test broke my heart. <laughs> um, that was the first test that I had ever failed in my entire life. Um, and I think I had already failed a test. I No, I had failed a test later that week. So it kind of was just after that week was a rough week. Um, but also realized that if you do fail that first test, and it kind of sucks that he does this, but the first unit he says is like the hardest for everyone. And then it gets easier, easier in quotes. Um, it's all relative to be honest, but um, it gets Easier on, or it's easier to understand. And that's because you start off with fatty acid oxidation and biosynthesis and cholesterol, um, which is a big mouthful. And that'll be your first test. And then you'll go into amino acid metabolism and the urea cycle, which for me, when there's anything with a process or a cycle, I can usually understand it, but it's hard just because biochem the like the names are so weird um, that you can kind of get lost in the weeds. but then you go to vitamins, which I'm like, yes, nutrition. this is my spot. you guys all know like I'm obsessed with nutrition. Um, so being able to like relate different things um, to like different symptoms there was actually when we were getting into the B vitamins, knowing that like you can develop a deficiency in B1 if you eat too much raw fish or drink too much tea. That is like ingrained in my brain because I remember going to tutoring and um, my tutor telling me that. And I went, so I probably have a B1 deficiency because I drink tea all day every day. And she goes, well, you have to drink about like 11 cups a day for that to happen. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I do that in the winter time. (laughs) Like right now, I have, it's a knockoff Stanley cup because I'm cheap like that. Um, And it's literally filled with tea right now. And I drank one earlier. So we might need to take some B1 vitamin. But I really liked that because I also, the tutor that I was working with, um, she recommended this matching like you create your own matching set and literally I made this table and then I converted that table into creating it into a matching set and every morning I was matching being like okay b1 the name for that is this and the the deficiency that goes with this is that and the reaction that goes with this is that and so vitamins was just really fun for me I really liked that unit and it was nice seeing that grade um, and then the next part that you'll go into is major minerals and trace elements. Um, Not going to lie because it was the end of the trimester and I was a little bit burnt out by that point. Um, I did not focus very much on major minerals and trace minerals. I probably should have. Um, I know that it will be introduced back in nutrition Um, so that maybe if I decide to review it over the break but We'll we'll see. We'll see about that. I want to read books and create more podcasts than I do actually reviewing that. So that's kind of up in the air at this point. (laughs) Smiley face. But like I said, the tutoring literally saved my life. Like Emily, if you if she is still at the school tutoring biochem two, or I think she also does biochem one. Go to her. She is literally a lifesaver. I love going to tutoring hence why I'm trying to become a tutor myself. So if you want a phys One tutor or a gross tutor, I might be there. So um just a heads up there. But um Emily made biochem really enjoyable. Um she probably was the saving grace for me getting through biochem too. So if you are struggling with biochem, honestly if you're not even struggling with biochem, because sometimes it can be hard to watch the vodcast or understand everything. And then if you go and try and watch a YouTube video and you're just you're low on motivation or even discipline at this point. Tutoring makes things so much easier. Granted, she will not give you every little tiny detail that you need because, again, that is not her job. She's just like guidance. Um, But sometimes there's like so much information that it's kind of hard to like narrow down where to start. And tutoring helps you Get through that, so I highly recommend going to tutoring. I really like Emily for Biochem 2. I also really like her for Phys, she was awesome for that. There also is group Phys tutoring, um, but sometimes I know for me, having that like one on one or like two to one ratio is really nice, um, just so then you can like ask all the personalized questions compared to like in group tutoring, it's not as personalized, um. Erin is also really good for gross anatomy. And Sam is also super good for gross anatomy too. Um, Not, and I think she does gross too also, but I meant in like, she also is really good at doing gross. And all these tutors, they are super sweet. They don't, they're not like contradicting in any way, or they don't make you feel dumb. I know the, the most vulnerable thing Um, is feeling like you don't know something and then you feel stupid for not knowing something. And then if the tutor that you're working with makes you then feel even worse about that or you feel uncomfortable asking them a question, then like that's not very helpful for you in the process of being tutored or just understanding the information and All these people were super great. I felt super comfortable with them. So again, I highly, highly recommend. Or you could come and get tutored by me if I end up becoming a tutor. I need to still submit my application for that. But yeah. Then... The last class, I was going to like do a drum roll thing, but that kind of didn't work. But the last class that I had was Gross Anatomy with Dr. Gonzalez. And I loved this class. I loved the labs. I loved being with the cadaver. I know I sound like a crazy person right now, but I just, yeah. I really like this class. I don't care if it makes me sound crazy. Um, It's just the ability to be like, that's what's inside of me is really cool to me. Um, And just by the way, if you don't want to hear about like body talk and cadaver stuff, um, I probably would skip ahead maybe the next five minutes until you stop hearing gross anatomy or body or cadaver. Because I, for me... I really want to talk about that stuff because I feel like it doesn't give the class justice if I don't talk about that because that's literally the class. But for lecture, you just you first start off with the back and then you go to the thorax, the neck and the head, um, which is all really cool. When we went to through the thorax, it was like we also got to see the talk about the heart and the lungs, which I'm obsessed with the heart um, because, you know, I just, I love so much. (laughs) That's why I'm just so good at the heart. Um, But lab, again, if you don't want to hear about body talk, please skip. Um, When you get into lab, for me, because my cohort is so small, I almost had my own cadaver to myself, which was really, really cool. I was like, wait, am I actually going to have my own cadaver? And then there was this one guy that came in. So I was like, okay, fine. I guess I'll share this one cadaver with this other person. It's fine. And then I go to uncover my cadaver and holy cow, there was going to be a lot of tissue that I had to cut off. And my friends were telling me because they had gross anatomy before me. Um, they were like, it literally took us the whole, we have two hours for that class. And they said it took us the whole two hours just to cut off all the fat tissue that this person had. And I was like, um, okay, this is going to be an interesting project. Then my teacher comes over and he's like, "Hey, maybe you should we're going to have you join someone else cuz we thought you were going to have someone else at this table." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So I ended up with three other people and I was like, oh, "I guess I'll like share a cadaver with three other people." I know I'm being really snotty right now cuz like in med school, you have like I think it's usually 20 people per cadaver and i was actually talking to one of my friends who is a pt and he was saying oh yeah we didn't even get to cut the cadaver we just kind of looked at it and they were like hey that's that make sure you know it for the practical and i'm like oh wow i actually got to like cut my own cadaver um and my cadaver he died of a ischemic stroke um but then we found out that he had like this mass like the i think it was the left side of his neck had a massive tumor so we weren't able to use that side of his neck at all just because it looked like sawdust just in someone's neck which is crazy um and then it was funny because then my teacher comes over and they were like did you cut his leg because We don't dissect the leg in gross one. And they we went, No. And they're like, Why does your cadaver like have this opening? And then we also saw that like ours had a ton of stitches in it. And so we found out that our cadaver was pre used. So they probably used it for like a nursing program or something and they were practicing stitching. Um and I don't know what the sliced leg was for, but yeah, that was kind of weird. So Sadly, I won't be able to use my cadaver for gross too, but um yeah, that cadaver's gonna go bye bye. Um the other funny thing about Gross Lab is that you different people become different around cadavers, which makes sense. Like um being able to have someone donate their body to science and allow me to then understand learning the body I am so grateful for and I appreciate that those people donated their bodies Um, but again being around a cadaver is just a different environment some people who are super talkative get really really quiet some people crack some really weird jokes um that's usually me, if you can't tell. (laughs) And then some people make a lot of food references that you will forever be ingrained in your head for the rest of your life. Um, It was actually funny, Dr. Everett, one of my lab professors, we were dissecting the brain. And so we had to cut open the skull. And he was like, when you have to go in with a saw to like cut through the bone. But then there's what's called your dura. And that kind, that's like a membrane that protects your brain and also supplies it with nutrients. And so we had to take off the dura and it makes this kind of ASMR sound where it's like, and he would said before that he had looked at me and he said, you're going to be the one who likes this dissection. And I was like, uh, And then when he did the sound thing, he's like, you're also going to be that weird one that likes the sound of this. And I'm like, why are you like, why are you cornering me? Why do I look like I'm the weird one? Probably because I was like holding in a smile, Um, but it's fine. Then when we went to actually dissect or like take off the skull and take off the dura, I had Dr. Everett standing there and he had taken off the dura handed it to my friend my friend is holding the skull and it literally looks like a bowl and i go yeah my my friend his name's alex he went i went yeah alex that's your uh, that's your new cereal bowl <laughs> my professor turns around looks at me and he's like you are crazy or you're disgusting or you're insane or something like that and i was like man When the gross anatomy professor calls you and saying, you know, you have a problem, (laughs) Um, but then he thankfully turned around to me again and he said, Yeah, I'd probably say the same thing. So it's just you're full of jokes and you just you have a good time in gross anatomy. I can't wait to go back for gross two. And that's another reason why I want to be a tutor for that class, because it's just it's a great environment to be in. Um, But if you don't like the smell of formaldehyde, you probably won't like this class. You can wear a mask. Um, A lot of my friends would put like essential oils and their mask so that they would only smell that. Some people would chew gum, but for me, um, I honestly couldn't really smell it unless it was really, really bad. And some of my friends said there's something wrong with you and some people said it was because I picked up horse poop for majority of my life that probably most of my nose hairs are like gone but then now learning more about the brain I'm almost concerned that my olfactory which is a cranial nerve that you have that is supposed to help you with like sense of smell I um I'm concerned that is lacking, <laughs> so that might be why I can't smell very much, but who knows? Um, that's, a, that's a later problem that I get to deal with if that's a problem, but you first start out with dissecting the back, the chest, and then you go to the heart and the lungs, and I think after that, you'll have your first practical. Um, I highly recommend going to open lab every week with a tutor that is key. Um, I feel like it changed everything for me because a lot of people will say, go to open lab. Um, But sometimes it's like, you're looking at the cadaver and this is your first time being in a cadaver lab. And you're kind of just like, I think this is the phrenic nerve. I think this is like the internal thoracic artery. And you're like, I don't know. Um, And then they're like, oh, just reference the book. But like the body isn't always like the book. And so having a tutor explain things to you, plus also just like The tutors have taken the class. They know it's important. They know it's not, Um, which just makes things super helpful. I know I had started going to um, Open Lab with Sam weekly after our first practical, and that made a major difference going into the um, going into the second practical. You'll also have what are called oral presentations. Um, where literally the teacher will give you a list and you're running around the lab like a crazy person and you have to identify everything. You're like, this is this, this is that, this is this, this is that. And then you'll have to be like, this is an insight that I had in lab. Um, It was actually really funny. There's this acronym for the facial nerve um, and it's two zebras something, something, something. And I couldn't remember it for the life of me because I was like, I just know temporal nerve, zygomatic nerve, um, buccal nerve, marginal mandibular and cervical nerve. And so I literally just went two zebras bring MC. (laughs) My teacher just looks at me and he goes, okay, but hey, I got the points and all that matters. Um, And then after your first practical, you'll have the face, the brain, and the eye, which again, I feel like it's just really cool. I will say when I dissected a cow's eye in um, in high school, that was a little bit cooler than the human eye. I don't know if it was just because it was bigger and we also dissected the lens, um, but everything, honestly, in this class is super interesting. Um, for tips for this class, I will say download Dr. Gonzalez's lecture notes onto your iPad instead of doing her PowerPoints because it's just a lot with the PowerPoints and the lecture notes kind of like make everything a little bit more digestible. And I don't know if this is actually true, but my friend was saying that she'll do in her lecture notes where she'll type out a bullet point and then I'll have an arrow. And the thing after the arrow is usually the thing that she's testing you on. I don't know if that's actually true. I never really tested that for sure. but hey, if that helps you, it may help you. Um, for me, what really helped is again, going to tutoring weekly, especially for OpenLab. Um, but I also went to tutoring with Erin for just lecture and she would draw out a lot of pictures. And honestly, that helped a lot because then A, on the test, I could just draw it out, label it. Um, and then I could use that to reference it on the test. Or I could just see it in my head. I'm really good with pictures, um, which helps a lot when trying to memorize either parts of the body or different processes. And I can just picture it in my head. Um, And it was actually funny. One time I had all these different drawings on my iPad and then I was like, okay, I want to practice I got like obsessed with drawing things on my mirror with like Expo marker and so I would I went into my bathroom and drew out like the subclavian artery with all the different branches then I had like all the neck triangles and all the different stuff that was in the different triangles and why that was important and all this stuff and my friend comes over to go study and she goes this literally gives me anxiety and I was like hey it helps me and that's all that really matters at this point it makes sense to me um, the last thing that i recommend for this class is filling out the study guide she gives you a study guide for each test which is really nice um, it is a bit hefty so like once she submit or like post that i highly recommend automatically downloading that and just filling that out because there is a lot of information there's honestly a lot of information in all the classes it's just figuring out which is the right information to study and which one isn't, which like is always, you're always going to be figuring that out. You're always going to be working through that. So um, it's okay if you don't get every little point Um, and just remember that. And with that, this podcast episode went a lot longer than what I thought it was. I should have known this because I did this with, I think, try one also. So I'm going to cut it off here. And then the next podcast is going to be my reflections on try two, as far as like what I need to work on, what I was good at, and then answering a lot of your guys's questions as far as try two went. And hopefully that will help you best prepare for try two coming up if you are in the Parker program or if you are going into a grad program and you're kind of nervous about that, or if you took any of these classes that I had taken, because honestly, any of this would help anyone going through any kind of program. So thank you so much again for listening to this podcast, and I can't wait to babble with you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becca Babble's podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thing that you can do is leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other listening platform of your choosing. If you want to learn more about me, you can do that by following me on Instagram at Becca Ann Wellness or by checking out my blog, freebies, offers, and newsletter on my website at beccaandwellness.com. If you want to share the love of the podcast, you can do that by taking a screenshot and sharing it on social media and tagging me and the podcast at beccaandwellness and using the hashtag BeccaBabblesPodcast. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I can't wait to babble with you next time.